Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Real Estate Podcast, the intersection between the latest trends in real estate and its impact on our everyday lives. We're your hosts, Alex Norman. And Jamie Blonde, and you've come to the right location. The real estate starts now. In today's episode, Lux Travel, we explore the intersection between real estate and the luxury travel industry and how the places we go and what we experience has changed. Today's guest is Sarah Ives, a seven-year veteran of the travel industry who works at Cartology Travel, a bespoke luxury travel agency based in New York, London, and Cape Town, South Africa. Sarah, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So Sarah, tell us a bit about yourself. So I'm especially excited to be on the podcast because I actually started my career in London in commercial and residential real estate and <laughs> went from there into travel. So it's a perfect crossroads for me. So let's see, I'm an independent travel agent with Cartology Travel. Um, I plan bespoke trips around the world for my amazing clients. So as a background, you know, the world's first travel agency was created by Thomas Cook back in 1841 in England. The industry became popular in the 1920s when aviation became available to the public. And most of us have seen films about exotic travel experiences, from elaborate trips to the countryside by royals in the 18th century to grand safaris on elephants and balloons in the 19th century in various different parts of the world that most of us have never been or never will go to. But today, you know, much has changed. Not only do we have access to these destinations, but we can re recreate those elaborate experiences with help of professionals like you at a very reasonable price. So, Sarah, you, you, you're giving dreams to people uh, all across the world. Can you tell us what got you so passionate about this business and what got you started? Yeah. How did you make that switch from real estate to <laughs> travel? I mean, but, yeah. I mean, we all love to travel. So I see the love of it, but I, but going into the industry is interesting. It was a bit of an indirect route, actually. Um, I had my daughter and then stayed home. I, I was a stay at home mom for a few years. And then I just got a, I was a bit bored and needed something to do. And a friend of mine asked me to come and interview with an amazing company um, one of the best actually in the world for sales and marketing of hotels. So I went and worked for that company and that was my introduction. So my introduction was actually in reservations for hotels, which I think was such a great training. It's almost like you deal with every aspect of every booking from start to finish, almost, you know, what what do guests want? What are the requests coming in from travel agents? You, you deal with the whole system in reservations. And it's also taught me to be extra nice now that I am a travel agent to uh, the reservations teams at hotels. Because yeah, it's like anything else, right? Once you're once you're in the bit, once you've been a server in a restaurant, you're much friendlier to the servers in restaurants because you've been through that shit. You know, you know what that exactly. what that job you've, you've gone through having to deal with that rough customer of which I'm sure I've been one many, many times. You know, it's interesting. Travel has changed so much. I, I did a uh, I did a scene for a TV show, uh, Fios in Brooklyn, in New York, in uh, 2019. 
uh, that was called The Future is Then. And it was based on the introduction of the American Airlines Sabre computer reservation system into the travel industry. Um, and how that changed everything when all of a sudden you had access to all these flights and everything and, and travel agents became so more, much more powerful in their ability to help. Uh, yeah, things of now you've got Travelocity and Expedia and you have all these different things. It, it must be, it must be very, it must be much more of a job now to find solutions for people than it is just making reservations or, or booking a hotel because people can do that on their own. You, you're in an area where you're really creating dreams for people, right? Yeah, exactly. So I think what was a traditional model, at least in the UK, um, was a large travel agency with a lot of people working in that travel agency. And what we've seen over the last five to 10 years, I would say, is the rise of the independent travel agent, the independent consultant. So that is what I am. And what that means for my clients is that they have somebody who knows all of their likes, you know, their home country, or if they're booking a safari or a cruise or anything like that. So most of my clients come from referral and most of them book more than one trip. So I start to get to know them and their family really well. So it, it is very bespoke. So so on that note, you know, you make a good point because a lot of these companies like the Expedias and Travelocities, they're a lot further downstream than upstream where, you know, you've already, you already know what you want. You know where you want to go. You kind of have a idea of how you want to go. And so you're going to orbits or you're going to American Airlines or you're going to finding the final, cheapest way to do it. Right. Exactly. And then and then all the options and and transactions then ensue. But if you don't you don't know what you don't know. And and I don't know whether or not I want to go to Cabo or to Tulum or to New Mexico or where. So these are the things that are happening further upstream of which then you come in and you can help guide the client and think about, okay, which destinations are right for you? What are you looking for? How many people are going on the trip? And what kind of experiences do you want? So I think setting the context and the frame of reference for a trip is more important than the trip itself, right? Because I'm not just looking for uh, the cheapest way to get there. I'm looking for a great experience that I can looking get for an idea. At, looking, looking for an, for an idea. idea that I can get at a good price. Right? It so. almost feels like, sorry, you have to be a bit of a psychologist. You made a great point that you've done multiple trips with people and you learn more about what they're looking for. It must sometimes, I would imagine, it's hard for them to convey to you easily what exactly is the, the dream trip they're looking for. Yeah, you have to be almost like a bit of a psychic. Yeah, you do. It's 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 all roles wrapped into one, I would say. I'm sometimes a therapist because sometimes the wife wants to go away and the husband doesn't want to. The wife wants five star and the husband, you know, it, and these roles are reversed. It's not just the men not wanting to do certain things, but, you know. Sometimes... Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally. So it, it's all that kind of thing. And then, you know, sometimes they want to extend and one person doesn't. So, so you, it is a little bit like therapy. And I think also like, collaboration which is how i love to work with my clients because i'm on their team really so it's a bit like in real estate if you have somebody working for you or a buyer or something like that that's how i i would say i would place myself as i'm working for a family or a couple and we're brainstorming together but 
in my experience and in my background, I meet with thousands of suppliers every year. So I'm sure like you do, I go to trade shows all over the world. So I normally go to three or four trade shows every year. So I'm learning about what's new, what's hot, what's happening. So I have a a huge library of knowledge. How many of those calls do you get at 3 a.m. panicked? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can't open my room. I, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a horse (laughs) in my, in my backyard. I mean, I imagine there's a lot of emergencies that happen that they go to you, they go to you for. It's it's quite a funny one, actually, because my husband said this. We were just in France, actually, um, last week. And he said, "It's it, you're always on vacation, but you're never on vacation. <laughs> and so that's, that's what it's like. It's like on Instagram, I'm out and about exploring the world all over, but nobody sees the up till 3 a.m. entering, you know, sort of the finer details into the app so that the trips all go well. So, yeah, it's, it is that you're just kind of nonstop. So how many calls have I had at 3 a.m.? I have had a few. I think I could probably write a nice little blog about it. Well, you know, once they invented the smartphone, any kind of semblance of respecting the hours that somebody works went out the window. Right. I mean, I even myself, I'll find myself, I, I think of something and I want to type and send it to the person that moment while I'm still while it's still fresh in my mind, even though really it's not their working hours and I, it can easily wait till the next day. But in your case, if you, if someone's on a vacation and something goes wrong or something get, or there's a flood or something, I would imagine you're one of the first calls and you have to be you have to be knowledgeable, not just in great places to go, but I think you have to learn or have to be uh, you have to experience what kind of infrastructure is in these places. What can they what can they accommodate? What, what are the health facilities if somebody gets sick? I imagine these are things that maybe the traveler doesn't think of, but you have to be knowledgeable. And maybe that's where all these trade shows and all these meetings and, and, and the actual travel you do gives you that that background. Yeah, absolutely. That's the that's the great thing about creating something bespoke. And, you know, one thing that I would say is um, with something like a booking and Expedia, just this might be an insider tip for your listeners. I would my priority of booking, depending on budget, would be even if the budget, even if the budget doesn't stretch to a five star property, potentially if you're thinking about booking on a booking.com or an Expedia, I would contact the hotel first because there is normally a priority of rooms and the cheapest rooms are normally the cheapest rooms for a reason. So I don't know, am I going to get sued for saying that? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, but, going to the source is always is always a smart yeah, choice. So I you don't always have to work with a travel agent. Um, but it's quite funny because working with a travel agent, a lot of people that I speak to would say would think that working with a travel agent is more expensive and it certainly can be but i would say it's more the portfolio of properties that we are comfortable selling with so i could just say you're a, you're a joy to work with um just by the few minutes that i have had a chance to meet you um so i would say that it would be a pleasure to, to have you as a as a travel agent at least someone to at least a shoulder to cry on <laughs> Things don't go the way that I expected it to. That's what I love about working with my clients is that we we build a relationship and it almost becomes like a friendship, but with a professional boundary. That is so true. My travel agent is my same travel agent I've had for over 20 years. I've, I've introduced her to other people and, uh, and we're friends. I, I popped into her bachelorette party. <laughs> Not out, out of, of a cake, cake. Alex. <laughs> 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 I knew you were going to say that. I called that. <laughs> I, 
I, I know my podcaster the way you, Sarah, know your clients. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. I love that. Well, let me ask you a question. Um, for, for, for the higher end or the bespoke luxury travel, is it mostly demand from people who are celebrating a special occasion or a family or big groups? Uh, how, how is it becoming more of a, of, a, of a, is it becoming a bigger part of the travel business? Where is that luxury travel in the, within the system right now? Well, I would say we've definitely seen some trend shifting since COVID. So originally during COVID and lockdowns, most clients wanted to stay domestic. So there was a big surge in domestic tourism for almost every country. Hotels were still quite full when people were able to travel in their own country and they were getting away domestically. This summer, we've seen a couple of things. Well, the dollar amazingly you know, strong against the euro. So people finally getting that trip that might've been postponed by one, two, maybe three years getting to Europe. So I was in Europe a couple of times and lots of Americans in Italy, lots of Americans in France, Spain. Yeah, everyone's in Mykonos apparently. Everyone's in Mykonos, of course. I think that's kind of every year though, so that's okay. <laughs> but they, so, and then in terms of now what I'm seeing forward is big groups of family travel. I think people have gotten their trip. There was a bit of a backlog since COVID. So you might've had a trip that was postponed and then you didn't want to go yet because you were still worried or certain countries had stricter rules last year in the summer. Italy was quite strict about who was allowed to come in. So this year, I think it's a rollback of those pre-book trips. And what I'm seeing forward to 2023, bigger trips, more bucket list, new destinations, and big family groups. You brought up COVID. Do you, I, I, in, in the, in, historically, there have been times where we've gone through shocks or, or, or bad experiences or 9-11 or, or, or wars, and you come out of that and you think, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reevaluate my life and I'm going to spend more for my, on, on quality time and with quality people and I'm not going to work as hard. All that blah, blah, blah that we always forget about over time and go right back to our routines. It feels like this is the this is the rebound from COVID summer in full bloom, and then and and the question is, I wonder what's going to happen after we get this out of our system. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's one of those things. It's up and down. You, you, the media loves to be very doom and gloom about travel for some reason. So when they know that lots of people are going away on their much wanted, much deserved vacations, they tend to say, oh, well, all the airlines are a nightmare and you'll never get to, to your destination and you'll lose your bag and things like that. So they are quite doom and gloom. But we do have things on the horizon that I would imagine are making people you know, look carefully at what they spend money on. So at least the energy crisis, war in Ukraine, things like that are, are, are something that we think about. But, you know, I think that, I mean, to that point, there's also a sense of urgency, I would imagine, right? I mean, the world is changing, right? We have COVID, we have wars, but we also have climate change. And there are parts of the world that are actually dying and may no longer be here, right, in a couple of years. I mean, look at the Great Barrier Reef, for example. I mean, there was a certain level of urgency. You just got to get there before the reefs all turn white. Uh, there's a there's droughts in Southern Africa. You got to get there before uh, you know you, you can't you can't travel. And so, are you seeing that some of the more exotic um, destinations that are, are people concerned that they may not yet 
they may not experience them in their lifetime if they don't do it right away. I mean, is there is there a sense of urgency around travel that you're finding your clients sharing with you that that's drawing them in? I think we all faced a little bit of a morality or we were all faced with something over COVID that it's quite hard to put your finger on. But, you know, you, I, I at least definitely reevaluated my life and almost everybody I know did, you know, people moved and changed and there was a lot of change. And I don't know whether that was just for us, at least in the UK, being stuck in our house for a couple of months that made us go, okay, like I'm out of here. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to YOLO with the rest of my life. That's it. You know, <laughs> So that's kind of my motto is YOLO. But in terms of traveling to destinations in case they may not be there, I would say one really positive impact of the travel industry and also of a lot of what I see is that people really want these amazing places to be there in 100, 200, 1,000 years. So what we're seeing a lot more of is, it's a very difficult word to say, but um, footprintless travel or contributing i'm part of something called the conscious travel foundation and it's about actually not just taking from a place that you go to but learning giving back and almost like what we're talking about about working with a travel agent creating a relationship that lasts for more than just that two weeks that you're there circular travel Circular travel. Oh, I mean, I, I think we're going to coin that here on the real estate podcast. <laughs> I think we should <laughs> work together on a name for me. <laughs> Isn't that the hardest thing ever, though, to name your own business? Well, it's a lot. It's it's a lot easier for someone to name your business than for you to name your own. Um, yeah, so- I got a word for your business. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <Lucky>. Exactly. <laughs> Sarah, let me ask you a question. Um, as people are more interested now in in more exotic vacations, in in, in newer destinations, in different uh, thrilling experiences, it seems like uh, more and more people are becoming aware of that and have the ability to do that. Uh, things like fractional private jet travel has allowed more people to go to places directly that you maybe couldn't have gotten to. There have been other, you know, as you go through life over time, think there are ways that things become less expensive. Society makes things more accessible. Do you see uh, that as, as one of the drivers of surging demand for your type of business? I don't know. I I would say my the demand. I do see a little bit of an Instagram effect, um, which I was not. I, I was surprised about actually because I Instagram works really well for my business. So when I post or I talk about things on Instagram, I do see the results of that coming in in bookings, which I. I many travel agents that I work with and other travel agencies say that their Instagram doesn't bring in business. But I would say I see a lot of the Instagram effect of people maybe being reminded of something that they want to see or do. And that's quite different than the Instagram effect of you just want to go somewhere just to take a picture, you know, hanging off a cliff. But it's how social media is changing what people want to do. And I would say the people that do want to work with me tend to want more of a touch touch point service i would say so so they want somebody that they're going to be able to whatsapp somebody that they're always going to deal with the same person so they never call me and get a call center i think that's really important for things that i do now i don't want to call and wait in line and talk to the some 
somebody else. You know, I want to talk to one person. I want to have a relationship. Well, you know, that's a good point, right? I mean, customer service representatives uh, around the world, um, uh, this, this is always an issue. But I, I want to go back to one of the points you made about the Instagrammable experiences. I think to that point, you know, Instagram, you, you got to be exceptional, right? You got to have an amazing photograph of someplace that no one's ever seen or ever been. And, you know, you've got to be wearing a bathing suit of some sort, right? But I think- I think is what it's called. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But it's funny that I I met someone recently who, um, who their whole Instagram had photos of like, you know, Yosemite National Park and all that. I was like, oh, well, you, you must be from like somewhere in Europe or wherever. Because, I mean, who who puts national parks, you know, who thinks that's cool? And and she, and she was like, no, no, I'm actually from Jersey. So, and I was, I was, <laughs> I was, I was surprised because I was like, well, you know, I would think that exotic destinations abroad are the, are the things that you want to share. But in fact, there are really, interesting experiences domestically that people um you know so that road less traveled in the u.s that are also interesting it can make a, well one man's domestic is another man's exotic right yeah um, I was, I, i'm a big a big fan of national parks yeah i think they're gorgeous and, and I, i'll pile on on that instagram as well because you know i i love looking at instagram of travel looking at places like you see these there's places all over asia where they have the, these bridges and people can't walk across because it's glass and and you and you look through instagram you look at the points guy and they've always got interesting comments and it seems like everybody wants to be a travel agent you have people oh if you're looking to thinking of a travel this is where you got to go and then they describe it in five or six pages but you don't know the quality of the person putting all the information information number one so I think it's great to to uh, raise the awareness and to give you an appetite but I think it's very important to find an expert when you're actually going to put money to paper and time to try to find a place or, or put a trip together because otherwise it could be a disaster well that's a luxury aspect and then the bespoke aspect right so not only is it luxury so I'm now now I'm my baseline is is a luxury baseline and so whatever whatever you know, whatever that is, it's sort of in that category. Um, and that's the money obviously scales. But there's also this bespoke notion that I can actually create the experience that I want rather than having to buy into a prepackaged situation of which, you know, I think it's kind of like, you know, buying the drink package on a cruise line. You know, it's like, you know, like it's a great oh, idea. Oh, you did it. You <laughs> did it. I, of course I did it. It was a great <laughs> idea until, until like, you know, like halfway in, you just, you, you, you know, you I can't drink, drink anymore. <laughs> When they, they, they tell you, Mr. Norman, we've got no more liquor on board. <laughs> You've drank the bar dry. And it is that. I think it's um, um, you can mix and match. You know, you don't need to necessarily create a bespoke trip to Vegas. You can go spend a few days, but you could create a bespoke trip maybe around the Greek islands, that you, places you haven't been, you know, before. So I would say I I would mix and match and I would just look at what's out there. I mean, I do, I would say my clients at the moment are tending to do bigger, more bucket list trips, less sort of three holiday, small holidays. I would say it's some have the budget to do three or four big trips every year, but some people prefer to have one, you know, really special trip with their family someplace they haven't been. Can I make the trip mythological? I mean, you said the Greek islands. Can I do like an, like an odyssey? Can I, be like, can, I, can I be like Odysseus for a week? What happened to that guy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. 
<laughs> you come back and write a 700-page poem when you get back. <laughs> Are no, we on the metaverse yet? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, so I, I also, you know, over the years, there have been a lot of experiments in exotic travel and bespoke travel. And I think one of the most interesting ones that I'd seen was there was a, um, uh, you could you could train like a ninja in, in Japan. Like you can go there and, and like, spend the week in the ninja facility up in the northern part of japan and and like live like a ninja for a week not to say that i would do that but i mean it's it's like the fact that you could and the fact that you could have experiences that play out in different ways that are kind of build your own experiences that if they may cost a little extra money, you know, you pay for the experience. You're not, you're not, you're not looking at a, a, a menu of how much the hotel is, how much the dinner is, and how much the car travel is, and how much the you know, rent-a-car is, and all that jazz. You're looking at the entire experience and saying, "Wow, that's one in a lifetime experiences. What is that worth? You know, to change my life, to make me think differently, to make me um, think of see the world differently is actually worth a little bit more than." $269 a night. And that's such a good point because you know, we, we both have a friend who's trying to learn French. And so he goes and spends time in France. He goes to small cities and he goes and lives with, with, with people or, and, and he immerses himself and he learns the language for two weeks and comes home. You know, people go on culinary trips where they go to learn how to cook, right? how to cook Asian food, how to cook Italian food, how to cook Greek food, etc. And you go and you immerse yourself and you, and you go to cooking classes and you experience uh, the Tuscany uh, surroundings and the wine. And those seem like fantastic trips to your point, Alex, that change your life. Yeah, and I've got a friend of mine that um, that you know when 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 asked to go to a hotel is asking whether or not it's a four or five star. I mean, that's, is it really about the stars or is it about the experience? It's about the stars. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say, just going back to your point about those experiences, is I would say that is luxury, like time is luxury. So having a couple of months to go explore or a month to go explore France, that's luxury. So I don't think luxury has to be just about the five star. It doesn't, sometimes it actually isn't. Sometimes that can be a bit boring. You know, you do that all the time. You want something with a little bit more flavor. If I, so, if I, if I have to take, get into a bathrobe in, into a marble, marble bathroom with a rain shower after a massage, I'm going to kill myself. I have to do that again. Uh, Sarah, um, before we end, we can't have you on the podcast and not take advantage of your immense knowledge. If you wanted to leave our listeners with two or three ideas of places or things to, to consider on their next trip that, 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 are, that are becoming interesting or that people are discovering that we may not have heard of, what would you recommend? Well, the first thing I'd say is to always use a travel agent, obviously, <laughs> and really do obviously. it. <laughs> and the second thing I would say is book direct before you book online just to save yourself any hassle. But in terms of destination, so I know it's been done so much before, but Lake Como, I was just there. It was the first time I was there. I was it's on my bucket list. I was the personal assistant to Benefer. I don't know if you're allowed to say that. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> but- <laughs> you're allowed to say it once. <laughs> okay, fine. Sneak it in. But um, I was just there and I was blown away. That place is awesome. So I would put that on any bucket list. And then I'm a massive safari fan. Safari changes your life. If you're going on a honeymoon, book the safari. It's amazing for your love life and your future memories. And you can't do it as much when you have little children. So get your butt on that safari. What exactly is going on between you and the animals? It's amazing for your (laughs) sex life. 
I don't know. Sex in a tent is a whole new thing. Is that it? Okay. I'll tell you what. It's like a very intense experience because you feel like you could be eaten at any time. You're listening to animals roar at night. It's a very sensual experience. Other animals roar at night. <laughs> Other animals, the tents are so is writing itself. Sounds like a horror film, but all right. <laughs> See, everything, you guys have to say keep it clean at this point. No. So I would say book a We're safari. Way past safari. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry guys. Took it took it to another level. But no, I would say Safari is one of those things that I would recommend for anyone to do for the conservation, for the things that you see, the feelings that you get. It's really life affirming, I would say. And then my last, but definitely not least, I've talked about this with Alex before. It was supposed to be my 40th birthday trip, but I COVID happened, um, is to get to Raja Ampat. So there's so many cool things to do in Raja Ampat. In where, where is that? Indonesia. Okay. So sadly, I haven't actually been, which is a very dis- disappointing for me, but um, I used to work to do the reservations for a live aboard yacht, but not sort of yacht in the gin palace type sense, chandeliers, yacht in, it was like a dive boat, basically five cabins, but they do these incredible experiences where you're on for a week and you just explore all of Rajampa, which is a marine reserve, but there's whale sharks, amazing scuba diving and free diving. I know Alex, you like free diving. So, um, and just that experience of being back in time, I would say that's, so I like the, the back in time ones. I would say Lake Como feels like the 1950s in a very glamorous sense. Safari feels like when did Matt, what, when did we start being human? Two hundred thousand years ago. <laughs> okay, so it feels Long like that. Time ago. <laughs> Wednesday. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, exactly. Yesterday, I don't know. Um, today, and then yeah, Rajdanpa again on the water. I love the water. So, well, look, I mean, there there are experiences that you've mentioned. There are experiences that you haven't mentioned that will change our lives around the world. And I invite everyone to to take the time to to think about the places and contact you uh, at Cartology to uh, uh, to explore them. And listen, I, I really enjoyed this, this time with you, Sarah. I think you've opened our eyes uh, and our minds to opportunities um, on the beaten and unbeaten path. So thank you very much. This has been wonderful. Yeah, Sarah, thank you as well for me. Travel is one of the pleasures all of us worldwide enjoy and try to do as often as we can. And so thank you for helping to make that experience more lively, more more richer, uh, and, and overall more fun for the for the travel. Thank you so much, guys. This has been amazing. And I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I, I've been binging the episode, so I can't wait to continue listening and not to hear myself. That's the only thing I won't listen to, but you guys are great. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. You've been listening to The Real Estate Podcast. Give us a quick review and rating on iTunes. Check out our website at therealestate.co and let us know if there are any new topics you'd like to hear us address. We love hearing your feedback. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.